One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Jenny. I'm doing a quick Santa Cruz interview. I've interviewed Therese Kilpatrick, who some of you might remember from the London mechanicking cycling scene. So she was one of the original mechanics at Mosquito Bikes, which is now defunct. Um, Been swatted. <laughs> swatted. It's not funny, is it? Though? And. Uh, she went on to work for herself and then also worked at Look Mum No Hands and worked at London Bike Kitchen. And now she lives in Santa Cruz. Oh, my God. Uh, living the dream. Yeah, she used to – she did some work at Santa Cruz Bikes. Uh, now she's kind of semi-retired. I got an interview with her about kind of her life and how she got into bikes. Yeah, here you go. We're going to play that for you now. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mom, my name's Therese. I, uh, I'm currently living in Santa Cruz, California, and I am just uh, finished working with an organization called Project Bike Tech, which is a nonprofit designed to teach bicycle mechanics in high schools in the U.S. And I was instrumental in uh, helping develop the curriculum for it. There was some curriculum when I started about six years ago, but it hadn't been coordinated or organized into a format that was able to be shared to other um, school districts and and, class, and high schools. So what and, and the other thing it needed to do to get um, accreditation in in California to be allowed to be taught as a something called a well, it was an ROP class to start out with. I'm mm. going on too much about this, but anyway, um, <laughs> That's interesting. It, it, uh, it was it needed to have something called a stream, or uh, I can't remember the exact word, but it had to have two classes basically in it. So I had to develop level one and level two, mm-hmm. and then get that approved by the uh, California's um, university entrance requirements as a an elective, which is a, a G category. So I did that. I spent a couple of years doing that, working with Project Bike Tech, developing that. So that was approved at the end of 2017, I think. Cool. And then I worked last year helping. Well, what I did, I hadn't actually finished off doing it, so someone else finished it, the project. But the, the level two was also approved for, for um, a G category for, for UC entrance. And um, so that enabled young people to then... Get take uh, these classes and get credit and get for credit. it. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, and it also made it a lot easier to to kind of sell. I'm doing quotes uh, <laughs> to other other school districts because a lot of them want to have the the gold standard. Basically, for that is the California standard. So that that made it a lot easier for Project Bike Tech to take it to other places other like states. Colorado. Yeah, like other states, Colorado and Vermont, where it's now been um, taught. Oh, very cool. So that so that was that was the la- that was the last sort of bicycle industry um, 
job I was doing as a sort of freelance curriculum developer. And also concurrently with that, I was teaching high school, uh, bicycle tech in high school at a local high school in Aptos High for five years, which was very enlightening. <laughs> if, anyway, if you've never taught um, teenagers, it's pretty uh, intense and it's very rewarding, but it's also, there's a lot of challenges, <laughs> let's put it that way. I can imagine. Okay. I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, 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 you've done a lot of work with I've young people it. too. Um, so to get that job, I had to have had work in the industry, uh, at least I think it the requirements were like five years mm. within and then three of those years being within the last five years. So I had I had that because um, previous to that, I was working at um, a bicycle factory called Santa Cruz Bikes for about 18 months. And I was working in the wheel department there, basically my first time I've ever worked in a bicycle factory. And it was quite enlightening to work on that side, the wholesale or the, yeah, the people who supply bicycles rather than the retail side, which all my previous experience had been, had been basically in retailing or teaching. Um, so that was very interesting. I got a lot of, made a lot of contacts. It was, it was interesting to network with people who, who were also in the bicycle industry in the U.S., and I still have, you know, sort of ties with Santa Cruz Bikes. I would, let, you know, if I ever wanted to go work back and work there, I could they said just come back and go hire me again? Do you want to? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think factory jobs they have their purpose and they're they're good. They're a good starting out place, but they're um, they're very labor intensive and it's hard on your body yeah. to work on to work on the factory. Uh, like when I was working there as well I, as a woman. Uh, I was one of there was only two of us work actually working on the factory floor. There were other women who worked in the other aspects of the company, but mm. basically actually working on bikes themselves. There was only myself and one other woman called Max. Out of how out many? of gosh, I think there was probably about a hundred people working there oh, when wow. I was when I was working there. It's gone up from there now. I think they've even oh, got more good. employees. Actually, Santa Cruz Bikes is doing really well. They're trying to increase their productivity. That was interesting working on the on that side of things, the the wholesale side rather than the retail side. Prior to that, I was living in the United Kingdom in London for 26 years, and most of those years I was working in the bicycle industry in the retail side. Mm -hmm. So I started out at about age 25, roughly, um, working at a bicycle shop that no longer exists called Mosquito Bikes, which was at that point a cooperative, a workers' cooperative, which wow. was pretty pretty cool. They were they were up for training people. I got a lot of training. Um, they were very supportive of minorities uh, and women who were underrepresented in the bicycle industry and sadly are still underrepresented in the bicycle industry. Is this but in the 90s? That was 89, 89. when I first started. Yeah. yeah. And I worked there as one of the co-owners for about 13 years. Wow. Uh, we transformed from being a, bike, a workers' co-op um, several years in to being owned by four owners. Actually, initially five owners, and then it became four owners. So I had a lot of training and learned a lot from being in the retail and, you know, profit and loss to being a small business, essentially, yeah. in a, a part of um, London called, um, Essex, well, it was Essex Road, which is part of Islington, which is a, a borough in London. My experience of doing that was that I was very in keen and the direction I like to see the company going in was, was about empowering people to be, you know, conscious of climate change, uh, ride bikes more, promote bike riding, promote bike riding amongst women and minorities and people who are lower socioeconomic scale, which is very difficult because a lot of people have the image, and they probably still do, that bikes are either for kids or recreation. You know, you got to be some sort of nerd to ride a bike, which is kind of different than a lot of other European countries where bikes are seen as just another form of transportation, mm -hmm. and it's very commonplace to, for practically everybody of every social scale to ride bikes to and from work. And there's provision for them. There's actually, you know, bike lanes and a lot of infrastructure 
which there isn't in London. There's there's more than there was, you know, in '89, but <laughs> but it's still not, you know, it's not the it's not the yeah, paradise for bike riders that it, that it you no. know ought to be really not not close. And in, and obviously people have the <laughs> objections about the weather. You know, it was, it was wet a lot, and I would say the statistics is it only rains about 14 days in the year, really consistently enough to be off-putting really yeah. you're only gonna get anywhere. drenched once yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously if you have if you have the proper protective you know rain wear and all the rest you know you're going to be affected by it less and uh, so anyway so i spent many many years just encouraging people to get on bikes selling them bikes usually entry level commuting bikes and encouraging people to just make it part of their life you know change their lifestyle they're already encouraged to anyway they came into the bike yeah, shop to, to shop. get to get a bike yeah. And be and be educated about what it meant to be a commuter. You know, you know, you just obviously security is a huge, huge factor. If you buy a new bike and you're really happy, and then you know, two two weeks later it gets stolen, you're like, you know, devastated. And then you got to, you know, maybe have insurance, probably not, and then come back in and need to buy another bike, et cetera. Repeat the whole process. So yeah. there was obviously all that is a is a detriment or an obstacle to some people to buy a bike. Anyway, so from there, eventually the bike shop I was working with and my, my, my fellow co-owners decided to move the bike, our, our shop in a different direction. They mm. really wanted to, to uh, specialize in high-end road bikes, which are great and beautiful. They're like kind of like jewelry. You know, you mm-hmm. can, you know, they're functional jewelry, but they're also jewelry because if you're spending entry levels, kind of road bikes are kind of eight, nine hundred pounds or above to get something that's lightweight and latest state-of-the-art sort of thing. And there's a very small number of people who probably, you know, proportionally who can go out and buy those yeah. state of the art, you know, latest carbon fiber, yeah. you know, 12 speed, 12 gears on the back wheel, kind of, you know, super, super high tech bikes, which is great for them. And I, you know, I'm glad for them. I really want them to be able to buy bikes too, and et cetera. But it seems to me that the majority of people just need a functional, dependable, reliable bike mm-hmm. that's, you know, supported by good mechanics who can either if they're going to look after it themselves or probably just bring it into a bike shop to get service regularly. That's the far num- outweighs the number of people who can just come in with a gold Goldman Sachs credit card and buy a, buy a five grand bike. You yeah, know? Yeah. So, um, you know, there was, a, it seemed, so that's the direction my, our shop was going in. And uh, I was kind of like, well, I'm leaving, you know, I yeah. kind of left there. And that was about 2002. And I started over again. I so I went and worked for another bike shop called London Field Cycles, which again, doesn't exist now. Um, they'll go into the reasons for that later. But. <laughs> so uh, I just started out as a bicycle mechanic. I, I just said, look, you know, I've been a shop owner, and they were really pleased to have me work for them. And they were also people, they were also, the, the two owners of London Fields were very encouraging for women to, to, to ride bikes, and they were very progressive people. Mm. But so I was you, basically a bike mechanic. You weren't a bike mechanic at Mosquito. I had some floor. training. I had some you, training. You I could do basic stuff, but yeah. I had never, I'd never learned wheel building at that stage, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel as confident as some of the guys who obviously, you know, spent their whole time taking things apart and putting things back together again repeatedly. And so, but when I went to London Fields, I worked there for three years full time. I really got to that level of being like really confident mm-hmm. that I could do anything on a bike or, or teach myself if I didn't know it. And I could, I learned to wheel build and I learned, you know, just a lot of essential things, which I really have to, you know, thank. I had a, a few mentors. Uh, Joe was one of the owners. He taught me a lot. Robin also taught me a lot. And a guy called Greg who was working there. And so I got a lot of good training from mm-hmm. people who were very experienced bike mechanics. And they had a really, they had a really, there was a really good shop. I mean, they had a really yeah. good ethos. They expanded, they got, they moved premises into a big shop. 
And anyway, so eventually I left them and went with another person. We set up a small bike repair business in Hackney City Farm. So this must have been about 2008. Mm. We got funding. We went for kind of a a bit like a shark tank where you go for where nonprofits could go and appeal to apply to get a grant. Forgetting whether it was a grant or a loan. Am I, anyway, that doesn't matter. We got money. We got the money. <laughs> we got somehow. money to start up. Yeah, as just about we basically our our business plan was just to do repairs, a few things like we would sell inner tubes, obviously, and pumps mm-hmm. and you know cables, etc. But we wouldn't. We weren't really set up to be a retail outlet. Yeah. Our our premise was to just like ride a bike. You come in on the spot. We'll just do repairs for you, etc. And, and that we did that for about two years. Roughly, nearly, nearly two years, or and I, I just, I just thought again, it was just the approach was to just teach people as much as I could. You know, people want to come and watch me do repairs. I'd say, yeah, that's fine mm-hmm. if you got the time, or, or otherwise, just drop it off and we'll do it for you. At the same time, I was also teaching bicycle mechanics as a kind of not, uh, well, how do I put it? I was doing it. It was kind of a nonprofit because I'd started up a nonprofit called the Bike Project or the Hackney Bike Project. Mm-hmm. The idea of that, this was going on concurrently, I was like, the aim of that was to teach people to become bike mechanics. Yeah. That was always my, my thing, was like, you know, to empower people, it's better to learn if you can. And if there's some things that's, you know, beyond you if you haven't got tools and space to do it. But but generally, like the London Cycling Campaign, the idea was, you know, have these spaces where people learn about bike mechanics hands-on. So I taught, a, so I, taught a, I think, a one-day class uh, every month on Sundays, I'm doing bike mechanics, and uh, was this at um, that was at that was Hackney at Hackney City, City Farm. Farm. Nice. Yeah, that was at Hackney City Farm, and I also did a lot of work with with Hackney Bike Project. We did a lot of sort of freelance teaching. Transport for London had diff- various different schemes. They wanted us to, you know, they'd set up to teach people bike mechanics, the basics, to encourage them to get off to, to alternative forms of transport besides mm. buses and, and tubes and things, because you know they were trying to encourage people to get bikes. So there were schemes aimed at um, people also as refugees. There was another scheme that I worked with for, to help people get um, learn bike mechanics and mm-hmm. get like an earn a bike. Yeah, so they'd yeah. cobble together a bike and then they'd have that too. Because a lot of people who were refugees had no ways means of getting any kind of benefits. They were basically just left to yeah. kind of <laughs> sink or swim essentially. Yeah. And, you know, having a bike was just essential. They would be yeah. really, really, really thankful to be able to have a bike and just be able to. You know, ride. All these different projects were worked out really well. Uh, as for being a woman in the bike industry, it's always been my ethos to sort of like, well, I don't just if someone is skeptical of me as a bike mechanic, I say, well, you know, like, I'll explain. You know, I'm I've studied, I've, I have qualification in it, taught many people the basics, and I feel pretty confident in that. And you know, if someone can take it or leave it, you know, if they're they're probably never going to be yeah. <laughs> accepting of women being in a different kind of. Um, industry if they're not you know if they've got that mindset that mm. women can't do certain things then that's just too bad but it, I, I try not to let it affect me and, yeah um, and I made a lot of good friends who were also other women bike mechanics who are still in London like like you Jenny <laughs> <laughs> and a few others who, who worked either worked with me at the bike project uh, Hackney bike project or they worked as cycle trainers or you know various different connections I have with women who've uh, either been or, or been in other bike shops you know, at Brixton Cycles, there was, yeah. a, there is, she, I think she's left, I mean, I know she's left, but she's very amazing, uh, bike mechanic called Mel, no. yeah. and uh, the woman who used to have the bicycle workshop out in um, West London. Oh, uh, Ninon. Not Ninon, yeah. I think, she's re- I think she's retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she retired. She was always an inspiration to me, so there was always older women who were out there for before you, even mm. if you just come into it, so I really encourage women to really try it. If you, if you want something that's very rewarding and hands-on, 
And if you just love bikes, because it kind of gets in your blood, really, I think. (laughs) And it's really hard to not be involved in them, although I am, at the moment, not being too involved. (laughs) Yeah, just kind of obsessed. (laughs) behavior. You know, there's always always a factor of, you know, if the fallback thing is generally everywhere in the world, there's people who ride bikes. And generally, if you just persevere with it and you need a job, you know, you can get a job as a bike mechanic pretty much anywhere, even in today's internet, you know, retail environment where it's very hard to have a retail shop, mm-hmm. the mechanics part is always going to be going in strong because people are always going to buy stuff that then they either they don't know how to fix or they haven't got the time to fix because they're working, you know, really, really hard hours and they haven't, you know, it's sort of a trade-off of time or money sort yeah. of thing. So so being a bike mechanic is a really useful and survivalist, you know, I think the more skills you have, the better whatever and and obviously it, it it can lead on to other things if you're that kind of person that has I think of it as like an engineering mind I don't know sort of a mind mm-hmm. that you might think well that's great but actually I want to learn more and then you might go on and become an engineer or you might do something even more you know fantastic like work yeah. for NASA or something like that yeah, Who knows? Yeah. it's open it's open-ended How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I was wondering if getting bike mechanics into, like, elementary school things. What? Okay, there's two things about that. The, first of all, yes, to a limited degree because of hand strength. When you have a young child, I sort of put the threshold around about 9, 10, 11, mm. because the hand strength, it's difficult unless Prior you have to, specialist yeah. tools that are extra long for leverage. 
torque wrenches are good because then you can say, look, you let's measure, teach. let's measure yeah. how much you can you can actually tighten this bolt, and is it going to be safe or not? And explain all those in, all those instances, which teaches so much about maths. It's so STEM. You have a thing called STEM in the UK, STEM, yeah, yeah, science, science technology, technology uh, engineering, and math. math. Yeah, so it's related to that. I mean, it's a perfect thing to teach for that. Yeah, that's the threshold. I kind of put it, and also in terms of um, being able to concentrate long enough to sort of get the full lesson. And you know you can have breaks and, and such like that. The shortest attention Yeah, it, it, it's, it's working with young people, and so and, and obviously you can't say a blanket statement that somebody. Yeah, you know, obviously someone who's eight is intelligent enough generally to learn how to wheel build. Oh yeah. It's just you know will they will they the sit patience. there? Will they have the patience <laughs> and want to want to do it? You know, like yeah, maybe maybe so. There's certain there's obviously there's ones who have and they do. Yeah. So I wouldn't say no to that. And the other thing is the the the, the kind of marriage between bike tech. And um, cycle tech, like actually being able to ride and learn road sense and safety, that kind of goes hand in hand with it. So I think programs that could, that mirror that or put them together mm-hmm. really work well because um, and the uh, the template for that I kind of got that was that's hopefully still going on and is and and I and I was really impressed with is something called Star Bikes in um, Gale. Uh, yeah, Galbis yeah. is. She didn't start it, but but she was she's there. she's in, yeah, yeah she's been there a long long time longer than when I joined them. So they they were doing cycle training in in at the elementary school level, right down to just learning basic balance bikes. So they would have and they they incorporated families in it. Mm-hmm. So they would say, look, you know, come come parents come to, we'll train you, so you can all go for rides together, <laughs> and and encur- encouraging people family it's as a family mm-hmm. um, activity. And then also taught, obviously teaching, you know, uh, balance skills and, and cycle re- and, you know, learning to hand signal and all yeah. that stuff and then riding on the road. You're, it's holistically, a holistic way of looking at it. So you, you're, and then some of that is training them, you know, how to do the ABC check kind of idea, like, yeah. you know, check. Air your, brake air, chain. Yeah, yeah, air brake <laughs> chain. And, you know, even little kids can understand, you know, like, I know I can't do it, but can you, can, I can, I know it's wrong. Something's yeah. wrong with it. And that's really taking on empowering them to be like i'm i'm responsible for it i'm the pilot of this bike so i want to you know make sure it's good so if the handlebars are loose I'll, I'll know i'll know how to check it and you know even if i'm not strong enough to tighten it tight enough i can say to someone else that needs tightening <laughs> you know so that's really yeah. that's really cool no that's a really good point they do go hand in hand um but I don't think that's happening right now. That's why I'm well, like, I hope Starbikes change. I don't know if it's still going, but I hope I it know. is. And it and, and or programs like Starbikes yeah. are really important. Here they have uh, something called they cycle rodeos where they go to schools. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I think what they do is they have this kind of cycle training the idea, and they have like a parking lot or somewhere, and they put cones out, and you ride around, and they have an obstacle course. So it's a bit like a rodeo. The idea mm. is that you're riding your bike and having fun. I haven't actually participated in them, but I do know that they're very. That they they have a similar program over here with that, and I think they probably go through basics of how to fix your fix your puncture and things like that. Cool with them too. You've worked in both the UK and US. Yeah. Have you noticed similarities, differences in the two? I would say just from living here, which is a very cycle identified kind of city, you know, Santa Cruz. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, history of mountain biking, especially. I think people think of mountain biking kind of originating here, although I think it's originated everywhere. But, you know, they have this people, this this concept that the West Coast was like, yeah, Marin and Santa Cruz. There's bicycle history that goes back, you know, nearly 50 years now or however many years, 40 years. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, since the 70s. And that it's very uh, liberating. So the bikes are, they're not so much seen, I think, from people in the U.S. over here that I've met so far as commuting. 
bikes. People are that's a new thing ish, kind of new because people have seen bikes as as recreation, mm-hmm. you know, a sport as fitness. And you, for example, you get your four by four like big truck, and you put your mountain bikes in the back of it, and you ride up to a mountain, and then you go riding, and then you come back, and then you've had a great time with your friends, and maybe smoked a bowl or whatever as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a very laid back kind of hippie, quasi hippie kind of thing. Some people are very into it, and they race. You know, there's a race scene, obviously, and it's co- and it's kind of connected a little bit as well to like the the motorbike scene, the off-road, the dirt motorbike scene too. So a lot of people are into motor- mountain bikes, might also be into dirt bikes, might be into four-by-fours, might be into, you know, outdoor pursuits, as it were, anyway, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, the, kind of that kind of ethos. And uh, less, like, my experience of living in London for so many years was, like, bikes were, like, you put on all your waterproofs, you grab your lights and your massive heavy lock, and you, like, pedal off to work, and you have a good time, and I think everyone feels better after having a bike ride. But then, you know, you've, you're not thinking of it as sport. You're not thinking of it as, as, as recreation so much. It's like, it's my means to an end. Yeah. It's in my toolbox. I've got my bike. <laughs> and it's just very serious. It's, it's very like, you might, and some people are really into it, might go, yeah, I'll go biking in the weekends too. You know, go for, I won't bring all that stuff, and I'll just go for yeah. a nice ride, you know, on the, around the lanes or somewhere or off-road or something but it's kind of there's 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 a there's definitely crucial differences in that there's fewer people i think who do have big pickups in the uk that they put their bikes in and drive up to mountains and and mountain bike there's probably some but the people i remember that i would hook up with for mountain biking we'd go well we gotta get the train (laughs) meet meet at this train station at you know early hour get somewhere in the country start for a pub lunch you know go for a nice ride come back and you generally wet and muddy because it's usually wet <laughs> yeah and then you know he had a great time but it's like uh, it's a little bit different here it's much more like um less rain anyway i think generally more sun <laughs> yeah in terms of uh proportions of women to men i think probably it's about the same in terms of off-roading i would say a lot of women do 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 a lot of mountain biking here mm-hmm. and fitness there's a lot of emphasis emphasis on fitness and you know wearing your fitbit and going out and doing whatever jogging or mountain biking or whatever and uh but the commuting thing i think that's going to come my prediction is that because of come here yeah i think so i think so more there's been jump bikes here which are these uh by pay by the hour kind of yeah we got them them, them. uh community bike i don't know what you call them really higher bikes higher bikes that's the word yeah higher bikes and i think that's that's changed a lot of people's opinions about riding Especially in the town because it's hard to park, hard to park mm. parking. There are it is hilly here, or re, you know, slightly hilly. <laughs> for some, for me, it's like really it's hilly. hilly. It's, it's hilly, hilly. <laughs> and that, that's off putting. But having an electric bike available to give you that extra assist is 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 um, encouraging. I think more people are doing it. And then sometimes I think uh, I would not know the statistics, but from what I've been reading in the kind of um, the bicycle, uh, what do you call it, the industry paper, the magazine, they're they're saying you know like up to 50% some bike shops are finding that the electric bikes are, you know, selling way, you know, that's really what's propping up the industry is electric bikes wow. to be, to a certain extent because there's a lot of aging boomers <laughs> who are who are going, right, I'd love to go, but I can't keep up with the younger folk who want to go faster or, you know, I can't really, I'm looking, you know, when you're 80 and you're trying to ride along, creep along slowly, <laughs> uh, or even, you know, slightly um, stout like myself, <laughs> then, then it's, you know, you, you just look at young people in their lycra and going, ah, 
that looks so fun being really zoom but you know like me yeah so so electric bikes i think on the on the hand on one hand are a really good thing for encouraging a lot of people who probably wouldn't participate in doing mm-hmm. it and women who, who would think you know if they go riding if they're if they're if they're partner is faster than them and fitter and you know more used to it and and then they and they can't really you know it's not an equal ride if you're if they're having to rush it if they're going ahead and then they're having to wait for you or, or whatever you know you don't it's not something activity you would possibly do together because you know the, the disparity yeah yeah so, so I think they're good. I think they're a good idea. E-bikes are the future. Yeah, but as a mechanic, on the other <laughs> hand, the downside is that it's making bikes become like computers or anything else. That's you know, is your is have you got the latest technology? Oh no, well then you know, or your battery dies, or you know, or hopefully not get stolen. You know, you don't try to fix it because it's you know it's an electric bike. There's mm. an electric system now on it, and how do you deal with it's that? Become more complicated. It's become more complicated, and even bike mechanics or who haven't been exposed to them much you know are going whoa yeah not gonna touch it it. yeah exactly (laughs) so that there's good and bad in it but uh, i think it's the i think it is the future though because you think the proportion of population in the u.s who could potentially ride bikes who might not because of the obstacles i mean one big obstacle the electric bike is the price that they're you know they're they're usually for pretty you know reasonably well-off people because you can't you know starting prices are from probably a thousand a decent you know a reasonable one thousand dollars hopefully with increased supply will come yeah. a decrease in price yeah i think bosch can't keep up with the demand I bet, the people yeah. who do the batteries um so that's that's going to bring other people into it because mm. if there's demand there'll be supply and the people will come in with cheaper options that you know whether good is good i don't know yeah that's the other because <laughs> the standards kind of, that's <laughs> kind of rather German technology, isn't it? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Thank fantastic. you, Therese. Thank you. Well, you're very it's welcome, good to catch Jenny. Up. It is. It's <laughs> been wonderful, and, and you've been inspiring to me actually, because you because you got together the your your nonprofit and has set premises, which mine I never really find it really kind of figured that out. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's challenging to try to do what we're doing. Yeah. What yeah. We did, but it's it's helping so many people. Is that you got to think yeah. about that. The results. Well, you you helped lay the foundation, <laughs> standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of back mechanics to thank who taught me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Therese is great. Okay, funny weird side story. Um, we were staying at her house while we were my boyfriend and I were traveling up and down the the coast of California, and uh, their dog got into it with a skunk. And ran into the house where we were and just skunked us all. It was, was skunk. It holding the skunk and then no, 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 squirted it at no, you? No, okay. no, It had gotten sprayed oh, by a skunk. So it was skunked. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then it skunked you. I've, never, I've always smelled skunk from afar um, or the marijuana version, which does not smell anything like actual real <laughs> skunk. Real skunk is like, bam, in your face. It's very strong, like musky. No, it's musky, um, inky, chemically. It's really weird. It's amazing that it's like this natural funk. Does it make you want to throw up? Yeah, kind of. If you're around it too much, there's a bit of mothball in there as well. Mm. Um, And it stuck on our clothes. We had to change all our clothes and. Therese and her partner were like, oh, you're going to, that, that smell's going to be with that particular clothing for like four months. And I'm like, ah. So could I skunk my bike to stop someone stealing 
Yeah, but then you'd have to ride it afterwards. Sure. I think somebody made a lock, didn't they? That squirt a lock skunk. that would <laughs> squirt a bad smell. But anyway, so that's that was the highlight of the trip. Oh, that and um, I got to I spoke at the Marin Museum of Bicycling and Mountain Bike Hall of Fame with like you know Joe Breeze, Connie Breeze, Jackie Phelan. I did a talk there. It is recorded and it's on LBK's Facebook page. However, I totally had a brain fart at the beginning and I lost my, I practiced. I was so nervous. I'm usually not nervous with public speaking anymore, but this one I was because I was like, wow, these people are like bicycle legends. And I totally forgot at the beginning and I it felt like a minute but my boyfriend assures me it was about five seconds and then I kind of got back on. But I was kind of, you know, when you like you lose it and you're like, oh, I never got it back. Like I tried, oh. I tried. Oh. And I'm, I think it was fine because everyone was really stoked afterwards. But I've done better. I've done better. But it was still like an honor to be there and speak and be around all these amazing bikes. Ah, oh, love it. Everybody brain farts. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> It's okay to brain fart. If you like what we do, rate Rate. us on iTunes, smash that like button, and subscribe. If you can't give us your money, give give us your stars. And don't forget to share us with your friends. Please. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.